The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. I'm trying to change my intonation. <laughs> I liked it. It was fun. <laughs> Thank you. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. Uh, and this <laughs> and today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is mourning the family she wishes she had. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Technically, we'd be like, are not licensed mental health <laughs> practitioners if mental we're changing up the intonation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this. So please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, I'm going to dive right into today's letter, which is a great one considering the holiday season that we find ourselves in. Uh, it is from Ho 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 Boy. There, that's <laughs> hold on. <laughs> it's cute. It is cute. It is. 
the, the, today's letter is from ho 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 boy. That's a lot of family dynamics <laughs> whose pronouns mm-hmm. are she, her, who is writing to us from deep in the Midwest. My question is about my family. I'm a woman, 29, with an older brother, 31, let's call him Dan, and a younger sister, 22, let's call her Sarah. Dan, Sarah, and I are besties. We tell each other everything, text in our group chat nearly daily, and I trust their advice over almost anyone else. To me, it's a sacred bond. I love that these two have known me longer than any other humans besides our parents. They know every iteration of who I've been and I them. Our childhood was, to put it bluntly, not the worst, but not the best. We had educated Mm. upper middle class parents and never wanted for anything tangible like clothes, foods, vacations, etc. The family's emotional environment was a little bit more complex. Our dad had an explosive temper, and although we weren't beaten, there was a lot of screaming, throwing things, and physical intimidation, all of which was made worse by alcohol abuse. My mother Mm. clearly didn't condone our father's behavior, but she made... But she never made significant steps to stop it either. She would often defend or minimize his abuse, saying things like, well, you know, you shouldn't have blank. Or I think when dad gets excited like that, he's feeling unheard. My mom also engaged in a lot of manipulation, guilt tripping and silent treatment to get her needs met. Dishonesty was also a big theme with our parents, from them snooping through our rooms to us finding out in adulthood that we had two, count them, two half-siblings that our parents never told us about. Would you be surprised if I told you that all three of us siblings have really messed up attachment styles? (laughs) Cute. I started going to therapy at age 18 and have been going on and off since. Same with Dan and Sarah. The three of us have made immense progress and we have tons of conversations about ending our generational cycles of abuse, secrets, and emotional immaturity. A few years ago, Dan and Sarah moved to other states for their jobs while I am still in the same area as our parents. To my surprise, I began to develop a really positive relationship with my parents for the first time. I think my decade of therapy and doing a lot of work on accepting them as their own unhealed selves has worked well for us. To be clear, they still engage in a lot of the same shitty behaviors, and I still have to swallow a lot of resentment that I continue to work through. I guess I ultimately decided that although my parents are far from perfect, I want to have a good relationship with them for however many years we have together. And to do that, I can't try to change them. I just have to be protective of my heart in certain ways. I've also grown to understand that both of my parents have lives chock full of trauma and abuse themselves. It's not an excuse for them whatsoever, but to quote a wise post I recently saw on Instagram, LOL, just because my parents didn't break every generational curse doesn't mean they broke none. In short, they've both done a lot better than their parents did for them. I appreciate that whole paragraph. Okay, so here's the dilemma. Dan and Sarah do not feel the same about our parents. They keep our parents at arm's length. They show up for Christmas for a few days, talk on the phone with our mom when she calls, call on Mother's Day and Father's Day, but that's about it. During many of our phone calls slash FaceTimes, both of my siblings often want to delve back into the drama and dissect over and over how and why our family life was dysfunctional. 
I really don't mind this, but at times they take it really far, calling our parents names and saying that they feel no desire to build a more intimate relationship with them because of the treatment our treatment as kids. I can understand this. After an entire childhood of feeling confused, let down, and afraid, it's hard to want to take the lead on a compassionate relationship. I respect their right to define their own relationships with our parents. That said, the last few years, I have felt an increasing sense of guilt and sadness around our family unit. When my sister tells me, quote, it's just too hard and triggering to be around them, or when my mom comments to me how her hurt she is that the other kids clearly don't want to be close with her. I feel this deep sense of guilt that I know isn't mine to carry. I also think I'm mourning the family I wish I had. I wish we all looked forward to time together. I wish our parents tried harder to acknowledge and rectify the harm they've caused. I wish my siblings could offer our parents more sympathy, especially as they are becoming old people. Logically, I know it's unfair of me to dictate my siblings' relationships with our parents or to just say, suck it up for a few days, be nice and ignore their bullshit so we can have a good time. But I still can't help feeling that way. The holidays, the holidays are approaching and Dan and Sarah have just announced that they won't be coming home at all this year. I'm happy that they are doing what brings them peace, but they're inadvertently taking away the possibility of what I want, which is time with my family altogether. How can I navigate this familial role where I feel stuck in between allegiances to my siblings and hope for my budding closeness with my parents? How can I soothe the heartbreak that comes with knowing I probably won't have a close family unit while my parents are still living? Any advice or thoughts you two can offer will be incredibly appreciated. Thank you so much. Signed. Ho, 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 boy. That's a lot of family dynamics. <laughs> All right. Um, I was going to call you ho, but that's not, <laughs> I don't think that's the right thing to do. Uh, all right, friend. Um, <clears throat> thank you so much for writing us with this question. Um, and just to start off, I uh, want to say a couple things, which is um, one, I am so proud and happy for yes. you to have done the work that you are doing to hold the complexity of this situation in such a beautiful and profound way. Right. And, and I think what's really wonderful about your letter is the ways in which you are naming what is true for you. Right. It's, and it's not even like, God, my parents are so awful and I hate them or my siblings are so selfish and why can't they be better? But this just like, this salad of different things happening and looking at that salad and being like, man, that doesn't look appetizing <laughs> or say like, I just, I wish that I had different ingredients for this salad because it yeah. would taste better for me. Right. And, and I think it's just, um, I think it's really wonderful. Right. And, and I'm not trying to say that everyone needs to have a relationship with their parents. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to like be okay with their siblings behaving in the ways that they're doing. But I just want to like name that, that you are, I'm, I'm just, I'm really impressed with the amount of work that you've done to be able to empathize and to recognize stuff that's going on with you. Um, and I really feel it that. Really and I also a really moving letter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And I also just want to name that, like, this is a shitty situation that you're in, right? It is, it's challenging or you're feeling challenged in it because it's challenging, right? It's not, it's not that you haven't figured out the right formula or said the right thing or figured out how to just like connect the right pieces together to make everything fit. This is challenging because it's complex and emotional and there's humans and trauma and past involved in it. And And I am seeing the amount of work, right? I'm seeing the amount of work that you are doing to try and hold all of this. And I'm impressed by that. And I love that you're doing that. And I think Sierra and I are going to talk a little bit about how you can also let go of some of this stuff, right? Not have to hold the entire family dynamic in the way that you are yes. while also offering ways for you to be able to talk about and express and hold how this is landing on you with people who, uh, who are your best friends, right? The people, your siblings who yeah. are, who are deeply close to you and all of this is messy and complex and the kind of stuff that Sierra and I love to talk about. And we're so thankful that you are inviting us into this conversation and that you are holding that conversation so well for yourself. So we're going to get into some other stuff uh, in just a minute. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't, want, you can just cancel it with a tap. 
You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, my sweet, sweet darling. Um, yeah, I feel, I'm feeling really emotional about this letter. And I just want to like name that. And I think I'm feeling emotional because the fucking holidays always make me feel fragile. <laughs> um, and also like, I think our letter writer did such a, I feel, I'm surprising, I feel surprisingly emotional about it. Not that it's not emotional, Mm. but I think our letter writer did such a beautiful job writing with compassion. And just Mm. like last episode, I was like, compassion is going to kill us all. (laughs) Uh, So I'm just, I'm going all over the place this week. But, um, you know, you did such a good job. I think I'm, I think I'm feeling emotional because, your letter just highlighted like such a simple truth that like it's hard to be a human and we're all doing the best that we can. And you moved through this letter with such compassion for your shitty parents, you know, and you moved, but more importantly, you moved through this letter with such compassion for your siblings. You know, you affirmed their feelings and their experience at every opportunity you could. And, I just know how complicated this grief is. It's so complicated and it's so bittersweet. Um, So if I get emotional during any of this, uh, that's where my heart is, is that like, I feel like there's so much humanity in this letter, both the shitty parents and the anger from the siblings and the seeking of peace from the letter writer and And I love the idea about some cycles being broken and some cycles being perpetrated. And, you know, like it's, uh, it's just very beautiful and I'm a sucker for beautiful things that hurt. Um, I echo what Sam said, you know, this is just such a hard situation to be in. And I feel extra compassion for you because I feel like I have a really unique perspective that is both you and your siblings to be as 
blunt and simultaneously vague as possible. I, in my younger years, I had a very uh, unfulfilling relationship with one of my parents um, because of their pain and their trauma and how they put it on me and how our relationship looked nothing the way I wanted a relationship with my parent to look like, you know, and I just, I had no acceptance for who that parent was. And we just were in this cycle of hurting each other because we wanted to be different. We wanted us to be different people, you know? And my other parent, I uh, was really close to and like swept a lot of shit under the rug. Um, But, I have two older sisters and, you know, one of my siblings had a ton of conflict with that parent, uh, you know, and like, and so I was like the one that was always uh, defending that parent or like being an advocate for that parent. And, and it's funny because just in the last, like maybe five years or so, that dynamic has switched where I have allowed myself to see some of the shitty behavior that the second parent was doing and allowed myself to like show up more authentically in that relationship. So I'm in my like anger stage. I'm in my, like that parent was fucked up and put a bunch of trauma on me stage of that parent now. And the other parent, the first parent I have really grown to accept and love. And that parent has also grown to meet me in the middle. And so we have a really great relationship now, but where this applies to your letter is that me and my sibling often have these opposing conversations where like I, my sibling will say something complaining about parent one and I will want to say like they are that this parent is trying their best. You know, they, they, they are meeting us where we're at. You know, I want, I will want to defend them. And then just in the same conversation, like on the the same phone call, you know, I'll be complaining about parent two and my sibling will sort of shut down that anger um, because they're at a different place with their healing with that parent. Um, I know that's really fucking vague, but I try to keep like the minute amount of anonymity that I have. But the, the one example I wanted to pull from that is that. Um, just a reminder of the truth that, you know, which is we are all different and we, not only are we just healing on different timelines, we're healing from different wounds. You might have the same parents, you might have the same childhood, but it's not the same. They experienced that childhood totally differently than you. And they're experiencing, they're experiencing their healing totally different than you. And I have to, re- actually, I actually had to remind my sibling of this, that like in conversations about my second parent, the one that I f- am feeling this conflict with, um, I had to say to my sibling that like, I am not ready. I denied myself for decades the right to be angry at this parent. Um, whereas my sibling felt spent decades being pissed at them. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like my sibling went from being an angry teenager to an angry 20 year old to an angry 30 year old, you know, at this parent and has only just reached a level of clarity and healing to have a positive relationship with, um, them. Uh, 
Whereas I spent decades repressing that anger, repressing that treatment. And now I'm giving myself permission to be angry and how, how I really need that time. It feels, it feels like reclaiming. It feels like giving myself permission to, to, to feel the full scope of the, that, that relationship. Um, I give that example vaguely and also somehow specifically, (laughs) I give that example because we had the, we had the same parent, right? We had the same childhood for those crossover years. And yet still we carried those relationships differently for so many years that it's now in our thirties and forties coming out differently. I know, you know, this from the emotional maturity of your letter, and I know it will also help to hear it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are all having different experiences of each other, right? That's the, that's the wonder of being human and in relationship with other people is that our, all of us are experiencing our relationships differently. Um, which isn't to say that we can deny each other's realities, hearkening back to to the letter that we just answered on Wednesday. Uh, but the idea that, you know, your siblings aren't in a place where they can be around your parents and you being in a place where you can doesn't mean that you had different or it doesn't mean that you, the reality of what was happening is different. It just means that you are emotionally, you know, spiritually, physically in different places around it. You're watching the same basketball game, but you're watching it from opposite ends of the stadium, right? Like same things happening, but you're looking at things differently. Um, and of course you know this, of course you do because you've, you've, you've talked about it so much in your letter. Um, but I also just want to name too that that there's like two big things that I sort of want to want to name. Um, and the first one is that um, you are also I know that like I think one of the things that we think about in terms of like being emotionally mature is that we're able to like hold everyone's stuff without it bothering us, right? Like this this thing of saying sort of like, yep, I can see why mom is doing that and I understand and I'm I'm coming up with like how I'm responding to it, but like I'm just going to let it happen, right? Or like looking at the siblings and saying, uh, you know, they're not coming for Christmas and that's fine. That's their choice, right? Like kind of this like zen sort of like letting go. I think one of the things that I have struggled most with is that like that act of like letting fully letting go is also self-effacing, right? There's, I think that there's a balance that we need to strike between trying to control everyone else around us and saying like, please stop doing this. Like you're hurting, like, right. Like this sort of like control everything. And then this, like, I have no control. And so I will just let anything happen to me. (laughs) Right. There's a balance between those two things that is hard for me to to navigate. I so like I deeply empathize with you in this. But I do think that like the decisions that your parents are making, the decisions that your siblings are making are affecting you. They have impact. And I think it's important for you to also, as you're creating so much space for everything that your siblings and your parents are going through and all of the empathy that you're giving them, to also turn that inward and say, like, the fact that my my siblings aren't coming for Christmas isn't doesn't just impact our parents. It also impacts me, right? It also hurts my feelings that the, that these folks who say that they're so close to me 
won't do this thing that I'm asking them to, won't participate in what it looks like to be together as a family. And not to say that like you should guilt them into doing it, right? Or that you should manipulate them into coming if they don't want to, but you deserve to have the ways in which their behavior is impacting you known to them, especially as they're these two people who are your best friends, right? Who are people who want to hold each other and commiserate with each other. And I think the same thing can be true when, when they get into conversation that you think isn't helpful, right? When they're calling names from people or saying that they never want to see them again, right? Like, I think that you can create space for yourself in that to say, Hey, I absolutely want to be talking about how mom and dad have impacted all of us, right? It's it's important, I think, for us to to corroborate each other's stories and to hold each other in this. It gets really uncomfortable for me, though, when we start calling them names because they're in my life and they're still important to me. Or uh, it's really hard when you two say that you don't ever want them in your life because I I do, right? And and it's it. And it makes me really sad that you two are not trying with them or that you're unable to do that. And I can understand why and I can empathize in all of that, but it's landing on me in this way because you deserve to be seen in this. And I think it's important that your siblings who love you and want to hold you can know how their actions are impacting you and decide what they want to do with that information. Maybe they're not ready to hear it. Maybe they won't do anything about it, but I do think I want to make sure that you're not just like totally erasing any sense of self in this desire to be the mediator between folks or in this desire to be able to sort of live in both of these different worlds, because you deserve to take up space in both of them. Even if you know that the the ways in which folks will, or these people will react might not be to appreciate the space that you're trying to take up. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love that you pointed out that like, that's an extension of folding. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I was going to say, like, I don't want to say everything's a trauma response, (laughs) 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 but everything is. A response I was watching to an episode. You know? <laughs> yeah, I was watching an episode of The View, where they, where the ladies suddenly heard the idea that like we are all we all have trauma and we're all responding it to, and they're like their minds were blown. <laughs> they were like, "Oh my god, Cute. this is true!" And I was like, "What is it's 2023, friends? Like, how have you? How is this the first time you're hearing about this idea?" <laughs> Cute. Um, because what I, 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 this is also a response to me, to your family dynamic, you know, the grief that you're feeling of wanting of, you know, what I hear is like a sibling, a child that just wants her family to get along. You know what I mean? Mm, Not in a censorship way, not in, uh, it, not in like a toxic way, but in a, almost like a fawning, like I, you just want, you are seeking so badly that belonging, that sense of family security. It makes so much sense to me. And this, this is not like a, this is not a bad response, um, nor one that you need to like train out of you. But I do think it's good to be aware that like maybe the aversion to your siblings boundaries and aversion is too strong of a word, but you know, like 
this this feeling this conflict that you're feeling this this pain that you're feeling is also because you were possibly taught as a young child that like it was your job to keep the family together or that like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. yep uh, that keeping everyone happy was the was the way to keep everyone safe and if that is true if that resonates with you then i will say you know, your siblings discontent with your parents is doesn't mean you are unsafe and doesn't mean that they are going to be harmed. You know, um, I don't know if that is hitting anything for you. And if it's not, you can just fast forward the next like 10 seconds. <laughs> um, it is a real grief regardless or not. You know, this this the sadness that you're feeling is. You're not just grieving the idea of a family unit. You're you're grieving the the young child that wanted to feel safe and secure in their home with their family. You know, that's what we're all seeking in 90% of our actions is safety, mm-hmm. security, love. Um I want to say that just as a general reminder too. I want you to ask your siblings to carry your healing process as long uh, along with theirs, you know, like I want you to be able to talk about where you're at as much as they are able to talk about where they're at. Mm -hmm. And also a reminder for all of you, all of the siblings that, 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 that is not a linear scale. That is not a race. There's not a hierarchy. And, because one sibling is processing in this way and another sibling is processing in this way, or one sibling has come to a resolution or peace with their parents and the other one's like, fuck this parent. Like as much as we want to prescribe a sense of rightness and wrongness or, or whatever to these things, it's just, it's too variable. It's too different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I, I really like this idea of like, of sort of like the response to playing a particular role in it, in like keeping the family together. Right. And like, where is that coming from? Honestly, I thought about and you. I, yeah, no, absolutely. I was just going to say, and what happened to me recently was that I went to therapy and my therapist said something to me that uh, really blew my mind. <laughs> and it was that uh, there doesn't have to be a strong person in every relationship. <laughs> Right. Because my my identity is built on the idea that I am the strong one in like all of the relationships that I have across lots of different things like personal, professional, familial. Right. Absolutely. Where it's like, oh, I'm the one that holds the things together. Right. Because that's my role in every relationship. And if I don't, then someone else has to step up and be the strong one. And I don't want to I don't want to impose that on anyone. Right. And so what I want to say to you is that like there doesn't have to be the mediator in every relationship, right? You you don't have to sit in a place where you are holding all of this complexity and that it's your job to do it because no one else is going to do it, right? Because you're the only one that can kind of see all of the different ways that it's happening, right? You don't, there doesn't need to be a mediator. There doesn't. 
right? I know that you're sort of like sitting in that role and, and partially because you want things to be mediated, right? Partially because you want people to be brought together. And I think you should talk about that. I think that you should express that to people more often. But this relationship, this, this division between these people doesn't require a mediator. It is not the role that you are destined to fulfill. It is not the role that is required of you. And even if you stop doing it and no one steps up to be the mediator, that's not a problem, right? That's not, it doesn't mean the world is going to end. And I, and, and I say this because I, it's sometimes our roles get so deeply ingrained in us that we think that like they have to exist, but like my therapist said to me, it can be two people who are struggling at the same time in a relationship. It doesn't have to be one is strong and the other struggling. And it doesn't have to be that you sit at the fulcrum between these two, these two opposite camps, because that's the role. There has to be someone in that role. That role is made up. It, it was assigned to you. You've been playing it for a long time, but it doesn't need to exist. You don't have to be the mediator here. And if you don't do it and nothing happens, right? the mediation doesn't happen, that is okay, right? It is okay that you are struggling with this. And I, I want to say that because I, I just, I can see the ways in which this role is really clear to you and you're sitting in it for sure. Um, but again, when we become a role, we begin to lose our, our sense of self, our, our understanding of the world, right? When we, when all we become is the mediator, then there's no space for you to be able to say, I'm tired of mediating or no space for you to be able to say, this hurts me, right? Because, because your job is to keep everyone happy to sort of figure out how to bring these two sides closer together. So that's my thanks to Drew. Uh, great job with, uh, really, really blowing my mind. Been thinking about this a lot. Uh, and yeah, it's been, it's been challenging, but I hope that it's helpful for you <laughs> and it hopefully, uh, in the same way that it's been helpful for me to really kind of look at myself a little bit more and say like, where am I doing this and why am I doing it? Yeah, totally. Uh, that's powerful. You should give Drew a, a tip. Can you tip therapist? Yeah. <laughs> no, he gets he gets my money. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my darling. We know that this is really tricky, and we also know, you know, this is a worthwhile grief. I think it's a beautiful, painful um, heartache that you're going to carry, and it's going to ebb and flow. But you are going to learn how to bend and flex with it. It's important to know that you have a right to exist in those conversations, just like your siblings do. And it's also important to know that where they are on their, you know, on their healing journey, or more importantly, where they are in context of your parents, you know, doesn't have to be the same as yours. It doesn't mean either of you are doing something right or wrong. Um, and it doesn't make your connection to them any weaker. Mm. And we know it's still tricky at the same time. So thank you so much for writing. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to answer this beautiful letter. And we wish you the best of luck. Absolutely. We love you. All right. It is Friday or it is the last episode of the week when we like to do a blind date, which is something that we love that we want to set you up with. And this week, our blind date is... 
a documentary on Netflix called Escaping Twin Flames. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. My a... mom watched it, told me all about it. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. You should definitely watch it. Cause I want to talk with you about it. Um, yeah, it's a documentary about a cult, basically, um, called Twin Flames Universe, which is uh, sort of based on this idea that, you know, you have a twin flame that exists out there that is like your spiritual match, your soulmate, and that you need to like seek them out and do whatever you can to keep them in your life. Um, but basically a story of, of folks getting manipulated into paying a lot of money and participating in things that were really harmful for them um, in pursuit of this idea of a twin flame, um, and being manipulated by, uh, these two people, um, into doing a lot of things that were very harmful for them. Um, and also like cost them a lot of money. Um, and I was gonna, I will say like, it starts out in this sort of like very quasi like mid level marketing sort of thing, kind of like, Oh yeah, people are getting manipulated into like giving over money. I will say by the end, things were happening that were really intense and, uh, were very surprising to me about what was going on. Um, so it's not, I, for me, it wasn't just like another cult or like mid-level marketing sort of documentary or podcast or whatever. I think that the, um, the, the things that happened in the situation were, uh, were different than I expected. Um, and I also appreciated how much time and energy they spent, um, focusing on folks who had escaped from this group. Um, and the loved ones of the people who are still part of it. I felt like they did a really Mm. good job of kind of holding the complexity of those stories and not just turning it into like, look how nuts everyone is for joining this cult. Like, can you believe, um, I felt, I thought it was a very sympathetic story to the folks who had participated in some of the stuff that was happening in it. So, uh, appreciate that. Um, and I encourage you all to check it out. It's called escaping twin flames. It is available on Netflix. I will definitely check it out on that recommendation. Great. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us or if you would like ad free episodes or just because, you know, you love us and want to support us, uh, you can always support us us on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Patreon.com slash just break up pod. If you sign up for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode and also just make me and Sierra happy for your love and support. Yeah, absolutely. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend, Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his music and podcast. And remember, you are allowed to struggle and you are also allowed to heal. You are allowed to claim what happened to you and you're also allowed to understand it, to understand its origins. What happened to you does not define you. And also you get to define how you move forward. And if all else fails, just break up.